is a Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast that contains elements of horror, violent themes, and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Screwed Just up. keep going. <laughs> Oh, hold on. Stop the recording. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Take four. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us, and welcome I'm your host, Matt Ryan. I'm joined by my lovely family, my wife, Casey. Good evening. Good evening. And my daughter, Evelyn. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Today is the April 19th. It's Sunday. It's uh, late at night. Not super late at night. Late for us. It's dark. That's true. (laughs) And we're here in our breakfast nook and we're going to record another episode of... Crystal of Chaos. That's right. The Crystal of Chaos, which is the second part of the House of Rillier, which we're enjoying immensely, as are our 20 listeners. We've grown. Bo's got friends. Wow. Bo is your name, audience. When when last we checked in, we had one listener, and we speculated that his name might be Bo. But now, Bo's got buds. Bo's buds. Bo's oh, buds. see, this is what we should call our audience, Bo's buds. <laughs> Bo's buds. <laughs> Bo's buds. You'll be happy to know that we do still remember how to roll dice and play Call of Cthulhu. So you're in for a treat tonight. Ladies, do you remember where we were? When last we recorded. We are in Providence, Rhode Island. We're actually about to break into the basement of the Church of Starry Wisdom. It's a black foreboding church. It's getting dark. Seems like the best time to break into a church. It does, and we've got our ragtag army of grad students. Right, you're joined by uh, beloved Buffy Spangler. Truly beloved at this point. I mean, Bo's buds won't stop talking about her. <laughs> That's right, the emails are flying. And shell-shocked Ruthie Hall. Well, hopefully she'll come through in a pinch, but she's seen worse, I think. And if she dies, I think Bo won't mind too much. So let's, uh, let me, if I remember, the church is up sort of on a little raised bit. Yep, surrounded by a wall and then an iron 
fence and you had all crawled through the iron fence and you were up on the church grounds, which I think were all weedy and overgrown. The sun had set, right? It's setting right now, yes. It's so the shadows are nice and long. Maybe it's even, the sun has set, so it's dusk. Great. Quickly glow, growing dark. Now it's the end of February, so it's cold as well. Just the kind of conditions that we like to break into a church basement in. A wind picks up, blowing snow across the church grounds. And you've gone once around the place, if I recall. The front doors were barred and locked. You found a back door that too chained and locked. But then you came around to a foundation window, which I think had been cracked open, or maybe the glass had been broken. But it seems to be your only means of entry. This is skeevy. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit terrified, Gertie. Oh, now Vicky, don't say that because I kind of look to you for guidance. You are the adventurous one here in the group. I suppose I am, and we do have handguns. And we do have kitchen knives. What else do we have, says Buffy. Well, you've got a nice big flashlight. Don't we all have flashlights? Yes, we do, but yours is especially massive. That, and we also all have our patriotism for this great country, which will, I'm sure, help us out if things get hairy. Uncle Sam always comes through. Wow, that's We're funny. learning so much about Vicky. Yes. I last last week we learned that she was a huge sports fan. I thought you were going to start a brawl with those brown students. Oh, I was close. More like brown nosers. Billy and Kevil <clears throat> were not that bad. Kevil. Kevil Knievel, he was great. Kevil Knievel. He was great. It's <laughs> a great super, name. He was super helpful. In the years ahead he will have a son, Evil. Well, that's great. I thought he was kind of nice. You can look that up on Wikipedia, Bo. That's true. Evil's dad is named Kevil. No, it's not true. Okay. <clears throat> You're standing outside of the church. You've got your... Now, you two have handguns, right? Yep. Yes. <clears throat> yes, we do. Very good. Grad students with handguns. And... Do Buffy and Ruth have guns as well? No, I don't know. They don't. I don't think they do. They have nice heavy flashlights. Right, nice heavy flashlights. And uh, Vicki and I have split up the 30 bullets. And let's hope that when we leave this church, we still have 30 bullets between us. <laughs> let's hope. I'm always the hopeful sort. You look, you peer into the window. You crouch down, cast your light around, and it looks like some kind of a cellar. Uh, junk piled up in all the different corners. And as your flashlight beam sort of floats around, there seem to be wooden stairs that go up, ascend, and there's also a door that leads deeper into the church. Well... It is about, you speculate, a six-foot drop to the um, stone floor. Well, I'll go in. I'll drop in. All right, go ahead and make a climb roll. First roll of the night, here I go, oh one. 
That's not bad. I think that actually makes it. Yeah, it's a success. All right, <clears throat> you scamper right in. Easy to do, and you do it so easily that maybe you can find something else to prop up so that the other girls can come in easy. Like maybe there's a, a couple of crates or something that you can pile. Chair or something. Yeah, yeah, so that they can find your footing. Sounds good. And you all can uh, creep in. Okay. Now it's warmer in here, right? Because you're out of the elements, but there's no heat or anything. It's still cold. That's okay. We're all wearing our winter coats. It's an abandoned church basement. Looking around, as I said, piles of junk in almost all of the corners. Do we see anything that looks interesting or newer? Uh, you see some old crates. You see some old trunks. You see a rusty stove in one corner. I think what we're looking for is a smaller box, something that might contain uh, this crystal that we're looking for. So we're looking for something that might hold it. I'll check out the stove. Okay. Um, it's sort of a, you know, it's like an old wood stove. There's a top to it, uh, ashes sort of all around it, dust and cobwebs. Anything inside? Oh, if you open it up and look in. Yeah. Yeah, there is something in there. Something dull looking and maybe two to three inches long. Uh, I'll nudge it with my gun. You poke your gun barrel into the ash? Yeah. It's a key. Okay, I'll pick it up. Wonderful. It looks like a door key, you suspect. Okay. Nice. What do you have there, Vicky? I found a key in the ash. Uh, someone must have been hiding it. Hmm, interesting. It was buried in there, right? Like it wasn't visible when I just looked in. It, you it, maybe it was hidden. Was it hidden well? Like does it? No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Because you did see it. Yeah, yeah. There was a key in there. Interesting. Oh. Funny stuff. Well, um, what about the trunks that are here? Should we? Can we take a look inside some you of them? You can. I mean, you can look in some in some of them. I mean, it's it's sort of uh, what you would expect expect to find in an old church basement. So there's probably clothes. You know, maybe if there was some kind of a rummage sale or something. Or is that what I would expect? What would you expect to find? Old hymnals and stuff. I don't yeah. Know. There you go. Books and uh, maybe religious symbols. Robes, maybe, or something, or... Candles. Candlesticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bric-a-brac like that. Yep. Maybe some sort of shotgun. No. No no, no uh, weapons, no gold. That's weird. That there's no gold? That's weird that there's no gold. <laughs> How about holy water? None of that stuff. Dang. No. Mostly, you would qualify this as junk. Okay. Burn it. Is there anything else of interest down here or should we just head over to the door? Uh, I mean, does it look like there's anything else of interest? You don't think so. Um, should we go to the door or should we go to the steps? Well, let's just see if what's on the other side of the door. It could have just, could just be the furnace, but... I think I agree. All right, let's, let's uh, open the door. Okay, Vicky, you go over, grab the handle and it rattles. It's locked. I'll try the key. It fits. Imagine that. I open it at the door. All right. Uh, do you have a flashlight or is there somebody behind you with a flashlight? Uh, there's someone behind me with a flashlight. I got gun out. Okay, so Buffy is behind you with a flashlight. Or maybe it's Gertie. I've got I've got a flashlight and a gun. I've got one in each hand. You've got the key and a, and a gun. 
there's a long room, all stone, right? It's, uh, the foundation is stacked field stone. The room is dominated by three stone tombs along its center, one after another. Oh, this is creepy. Um, they're about, I don't know, maybe 10 feet long. So they're quite, they're quite big. Around the tomb, leaning up against the walls, are six coffins, in wooden coffins, in various stages of decay. Three of them are open and empty. The other three contain ancient skeletons. So they're sort of open-faced coffins. And they're propped up against the wall? They're prop up, propped up against the wall. And it's just open. It's just skeletons. Yes. Does the room smell like rotting flesh? No, it, but it, it does not smell good. It just smells old and musty. Is there anything else of note? Yeah, in the southwest corner, so this is the cornest farthest from you, stands an Egyptian sarcophagus. What the heck is that doing here? For real. I think we should stay away from that thing. Oh, but I think we should see if that's where the, the gemstone is. That might be where the creature is. What creature? The horrible creature that killed... What's his face? The guy we came here to meet. Uh, Robert Blake. Robert Blake, yeah. Uh, but... So this is, you see this from the doorway. You haven't yet entered the room. I don't think that lightning strike happened at all. I, I don't believe that at all. I think that what he wrote in his journal is true. That's why we had to make sanity checks. Well, I agree with that, but I can't believe that the creature would be here in the basement. I mean... Well, if he it's said here, he saw the creature coming from the church. Also, Erem, this jewel is from Erem, which would also mean that the creature is likely from Erem, if, since the creature and the jewel are tied. And I would believe that since Erem is Egyptian, and this is a, an Egyptian sarcophagus, I wouldn't be surprised if we opened this thing up and some horrible dark man jumped out. Does anybody have any lore in Egyptology? No. Anybody take any general studies that might include... Physics? Or <laughs> trips to museum? Why doesn't everybody go ahead and make an education roll? Okay. That's a success. Mine's a failure. All right. Well, so both of you suspect that it is indeed an Egyptian sarcophagus. But you also... Vicky realized that the um, tombs that here, I've got a little map from the adventure that I can put out here so that you can all see. I've sanded the names off the various rooms, but this is the window that you've come in, in the cellar. This is the door that you've gone through. And these are the three tombs standing there, coffins along either wall. The sarcophagus is down here in this corner right here. You see that there are, it's, it's, um, decorations and words carved into the tops of these tombs, too. Hey, Buffy, you want to take a look at these? You know language studies, right? I know. Yeah, it's, Buffy's a language student. Duh. I can go up and look. It's See if you can make any sense of it. She this. goes into the room. It's Sanskrit. It's not a dialect I'm familiar with. Well, I'll, uh, I'll go in with Sanskrit. her. I won't let her go into the room alone. <laughs> no, it's not Sanskrit. That was a lame joke to 
a knife. I didn't even catch it. I was just focused on because you said, okay, she goes into the room. And then you got all wide-eyed. And you looked at me like, I can't believe you just let Buffy walk into the room. <laughs> okay. Let, okay. Um, as I said, listeners, it's late at night. Buffy can't read it. No, I, I, don't, I don't read hieroglyphics. But it just doesn't look right, says Buffy. And you sort of concur with her. Whatever is carved in these tombs doesn't look like it would fit in with a proper sort of Egyptian look. You know, the decorations, the, or the decorative motifs are much more horrific than you've ever seen in any picture books of Egyptian art and artifacts. The both of you can make spot hidden rolls as you look around and shine your flashlights around. I succeed. I fail. The sarcophagus that's standing up in the southeast corner of the room has, it's got this horrific appearance carved around it, right? Some kind of a, like a crocodile-headed thing or something. It's it's sort of hard to grasp what it really is. Is it set? Maybe. Or Sobek. It's Sobek. Maybe, maybe. But also, there's a dark horizontal band at about eye level. And you think, Vicky, that it might be eye slits. An eye slit. For the coffin. Yeah. Oh, don't look in. Buffy says, what are you doing? Ruth says, what are we doing? Um. Hey, Gertie, can I see your chef's knife? Absolutely. I hand it over. I'll poise the, sh- the knife right over the slit. Do you want to look in? No. And I'll jam it in. <laughs> you just thrust the knife in. Well, still holding on, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. thrust the knife into the slit. Okay, perfect. Because it only goes about halfway and hits something. It meets some sort of resistance. And you stab it in something. And you hear this noise. And then the front of the sarcophagus moves towards you, shifts to the side, and falls to the ground, pulling the knife from the creature's eye that you had jabbed it in. And there is a mummy, wrapped in rags and bandages. Awesome. Sanity rolls, please. Should I make sanity rolls for our girls? You probably should. That's I make an extreme success. What's my sanity? I think I'm losing it. Uh, I can't spend luck on it, can I? You cannot. I failed it by five. Okay. You by five points. Okay. Uh, so so for uh so f- um everyone that made it, and that is both you and Buffy lose one point. You two that failed, which would be you and Ruth, and you can roll this, Casey, lose 1d8 points of sanity. And remember, if you lose more than five, (laughs) Ruth just lost seven. (laughs) Eight. (laughs) All right. So both you and Ruth let out involuntary cries. Oh, I screamed like I thought it was just an involuntary action. It is an involuntary action or sound, yes, and you can pick it. You can scream or you can... Oh, I screamed. Or you can fire your gun. Ah! Might do that, too. 
We decide. Um, so do I lose eight points of sanity? You lose eight. You lose eight points of sanity. Wow. Yes. That sucks. Yes. So now both of you are making an intelligence check. And if you fail the intelligence check, your mind plays a trick on you and you don't realize that what's before you is actually an animated skeleton. Oh, and uh, Ruth does fail her intelligence with oh a 95. God. I failed I mine failed. too. The I thing failed. just woke up and screamed at me and I failed my intelligence. No, no, you don't have to roll. It's only for the people that have lost I, their sanity. I failed oh. it. I, I rolled a 90. Wonderful. Okay, so you're scared. But your mind just makes some sort of automatic uh, justification because of what could be happening. And this, and the mummy takes a step towards you. Who has the higher dexterity, Gertie or Vicky? I've got 60. I have 70. Gertie, what do you do? I shoot. Okay. Right you're, at its head. You, <laughs> okay, your handgun goes off. Shoot, roll. Yeah. All right, uh, a loud report underneath the basement, and the shot goes wild. Um, Ruth and Buffy are screaming and shuffling back through the doorway. Gertie, what are you going to do? Buffy, get Not your... Gertie, I'm sorry, Vicky, what are you going to do? I say, Buffy, get your lighter out. And then I'll, uh, I don't know, I'll... Uh... Have her light the bandages on fire? Yeah, but I don't have any sort of flammable material, so I think I'll just take out my knife and swing at it. Okay. So you, okay, um, go ahead and make a brawling roll. Yeah, but she can just light the bandages on fire. Well, yeah, but in the meantime, I might as well see if I can get a couple licks in. Sure. Extreme success. Oh my, so the creature has a regular, ex you have an extreme success? Yeah. So with a, and you've got a knife? Yeah. Perfect. So with a thrusting weapon that does impale damage, which is the most it can do, plus a die roll. So what's it do? Uh, one, it's six plus one D six. Okay. Okay. So 11. What happens is you jab the knife into where its throat is and then you pull down and the knife cuts through these rotting bandages like they are toilet paper and just splits the mummy down the middle to its navel. And all of these worms start to oh. wiggle. And fall out in this loud splash in this cavalcade of wiggling maggots and worms, and the mummy falls down and collapses upon itself. And that invokes a sanity roll from all of you. I failed that one. 1d4. Oh, I made mine. One point. Well, oh, that's points. a fail. Two fails over here. One. I lost four. Freaky stuff, says Vicky. <laughs> That's disgusting. What was that thing? That was a bunch of maggots. Well, how do a bunch of maggots animate a mummy? Oh, who knows? This Is that what you think happened? I don't have any idea what happened, but what's going on? Let's, uh, maybe we should go upstairs and yeah, check out I, the church. Okay, so. You look at Ruth and she's just pale white. Ruth, are you okay? And she looks at you and says, no. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Hey, Buffy, I want you to have your lighter ready in case we meet any more of those. I have, an, I have a feeling they're flammable. My Zippo? Yeah, your Zippo. You got it. That thing can stay lit. You can fling it at him. Maybe I should light up a smoke now. You think just a smoke will do it? 
That might. It might calm your nerves. Okay. Do the four of you smoke? I don't smoke. I'd like a smoke, yeah. We're smoking in the basement. <laughs> Kill the mummy, take a smoke break. Mm-hmm. All right, let's not mess with any more sarcophagi. That was my fault, team. Sorry about that. That's okay. I mean, you did it, and it's fine. It's just a bunch of worms. That was in the big ornate Egyptian sarcophagus, right? Yes. Okay, so the other wooden caskets with skeletons didn't do anything when any of that went up, went down? Right. Good. Okay, that is good. And there's nothing else to see in here, right? We, we can go upstairs into the church. Uh, the only other thing in here, other than the co- the open-faced coffins, are those three stone tombs uh, that are in the center of the room. And this is sort of a traditional tomb where it's a, a, a some, some kind of cement box or something with a stone lid. So I guess it would be a stone box and a stone lid. So we still have the, the journal with us, don't we? Blake's journal? Yeah. I believe so. I have a pencil. I'm going to... Um, draw what I see on the tombs sure. in the back of the journal. Great idea. Yeah. Just to keep a, to have a record of it. Okay. Because I've never seen anything like Some of the designs before. and yes. some of the motifs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, good. So, I'm doing this while these guys are having a smoke. What are the worms doing? Just writhing? Yep. I'm, okay. I'm trying not to step on it. Yeah, there's a big pile of stink. And this now does stink. Okay, let's get out of here. Okay. Buffy says... What do you think are in these? And she taps one of the tombs. Don't touch those, Buffy. I'm leaning on one. I'm actually sitting on hey, one, Buffy. smoking. <laughs> Buffy, do you remember what just came out of the last one? Oh, do you think there's more of those things in here? I wouldn't be super surprised. We fought dog people last time, Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, you took one's head. I did? It was badass. You're right, I took one's head for Uncle Sam. <laughs> Now you're a patriot? Who's president in 22? I don't know. Because he had my vote. That's for sure. All right. Um, Let's go upstairs. This basement's giving me the creeps. So you see those, there are wooden stairs there. Yep. But they go up to a little short hallway, and you see there in the nave, uh, and then that hallway opens up into this big, dark empty church. I'm still looking for that box. Yeah. Um, is there anything striking about it? What sort of imagery do we see? <clears throat> All right, so the, the main area is taken up by rows of pews. Uh, those directly to the east of the altar, and we're assuming that north is at the top of the map, uh, you think maybe were used by the choir, right? That's why they're set off to the side. Right. All of them at one point, and now I'm, I'm guessing that you're slowly moving through the room, looking we're, at different things. We're, we're right in here. Yep. Um, but the, the, so they, at once they were finely carved, but the wood now is just so rotten, it's, it renders them probably unsafe. You think um, that there's cushions on the seat of some of them, but those must be uh, mold and crusted, and a lot of them have split open, and their stuffing has been kind of kicked around. Um, Oh, probably you both should make spot hidden rolls, too, as I go through this, just to see what sort of details you pick up. I make it. Um, I have a hard success. Okay, good. Uh, you notice uh, among around the torn-up cushions, um, rat droppings. 
massive stained glass windows line the outer walls. Some reach almost 30 feet, uh, reaching the 30 foot high vaulted ceiling. Uh, they're dirty, right? But with those two good spot hidden rolls, you could see that some of them, it, it looks like it might be weird creatures devouring saints or maybe knights. They're fairly grotesque. Um, the pulpit, though ravaged by time, is largely sound. And you see that there. And it's one of these sort of, yep. And it, one of these things with little steps, they go up to it. So it's a raised pulpit and, and the and the pastor would stand up there and, uh, you know, deliver the homily to the crowd. If we look around there, I mean, it just looks normal. There's no place to stash anything or it doesn't move. The pulpit? Yeah. Do you want to climb up the steps and look around? Sure. I'll follow her. Um, there are a lot more rat droppings up here. Great. And as you get to the top, there are a number of holes in the top. What do you mean in the top of what? The floor. So as you come up to the top, right, as you walk up the steps of the pulpit and you're standing on it, so there's the raised rail that goes all the way around it, but in the floor of the raised pulpit, there are a lot of rat-sized holes. Well, this doesn't look so good. Uh, I don't really see a lot of other stuff here. Let's be careful. The northern end of the room is dominated by that large stone altar there that's highlighted on your map. Is that this? Yeah. I think so. No, that looks like... Yes, it's that. What does the stone altar look like? Uh, it's placed on a dais, and its sides are covered with uh, base bass relief carvings of pentagrams, stars, the moon, and other mystical symbols. Above the altar hangs an Egyptian ankh, which is uh, looks like a cross with a hoop at the top. It's made of gold, maybe. To the south stands the font, about four feet high and made of now cracked marble. And again, it's empty and covered in dust. And you can hear the scrabbling of rats as you move through this old Does it sound like it's underneath us? It's can't, the scrabbling was loudest when you were near and atop the pulpit. Oh, let's kind of avoid these mice. Is this, a, is this stairs right here? Um, let me take a look there. No, that is the pulpit. So so those are the stairs that lead up to the pulpit. Okay. And then that's the altar. That's the pulpit. Okay. Yep. These are all the pews. Pew, pew, pew. Mm-hmm. Pew, pew. So if we go down, I want to kind of get away from the rats. I don't really like rats. And this, I think this, both of those doors are probably slightly ajar. The door to that small room and the door to that small room. And both of these rooms are sort of uh, behind the pulpit. So if we push open this one door, do we see anything in this room? Mm-hmm. In that room, you can see a row of cupboards along the south wall and a chest in the northwest corner. I'm still looking for the little gold box. I want to go over and check out the chest. The chest is unlocked. You open it up. Yeah. It contains items used in ceremonies, you suspect. Ankh-like crucifixes, large black candles, sticks of incense. There's a sacrificial dagger and a gold chalice. All the accoutrements of the ceremonies seem to be here. Is, is, is the dagger sharp? 
make a luck roll. No, of course we don't don't make a luck roll. Of course it is. It's wickedly sharp. I'm gonna take it. Okay. What about that gold chalice? I'll take that. Okay. So you've gotta kinda carry it. Is it huge? It's not huge, but it's not gonna fit in a pocket. Ask Ruth if she'll carry it. Okay. Will it fit in a backpack? Well you don't have backpacks. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I've always had a backpack. My character's wearing a backpack in the sketch. That is a wonderful sketch, but there's no backpack. <laughs> Just ask, ask Ruth to carry it. She doesn't have a gun. Does she Ruth, have a backpack? No. <laughs> She'll happily carry it. What's going on with your mic? I don't know. I think I'm too close. I've got to get one of those screens. I think I'm too far away. I sound echoey. <laughs> Casey sounds the best. I'm the right distance away, just like the three bears. You're just the right everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm the right everything. <laughs> and then there's that cupboard to the south. So, I just looked at my stats. My handgun score is worse than my brawl. In the cupboard, because I know somebody's going to look in. I'm going to look in. Rotten, cobweb-strewn, purple robes. All on hangers. Maybe a couple of them have fallen, so they're on the floor. I don't want to touch them. Purple is my favorite color, but... Mm. Nope. They don't have pockets. Is there anything else to see in there? No. Okay. Uh, there's another door there. It goes into another room. Another small room. This, it's, it's instantly apparent, is a study. You creak it open, and here I will read from the original short story. You find a rotting desk and ceiling-high shelves of uh, mildewed, disintegrating books. The books, they were black, forbidden things which most sane people have never heard of, or have heard of only in furtive, timorous whispers, the banned and dreaded repositories of unequivocal secret and immemorable formula which have trickled down the stream of time from the days of man's youth and the dim, fabulous days before man was. You can see such sinister tomes as the Liber Evonus, the infamous Cult de Goules of Count de Ehrlich, and the Unausprechlichen Kultin of Van Kutz, and old Ludwig Prinz Hellish, De Vermis Mysteries. There are other books, a crumbling volume in wholly unidentifiable characteristics, yet with certain symbols and diagrams shudderingly recognizable to the occult student. In the ruined desk, is a small leather-bound record book filled with entries in some old cryptographic medium. The manuscript writing consists of the common traditional symbols used today in astronomy and anciently in alchemy, astrology, and other dubious arts. The devices of the sun, moon, planets, aspects, and zodological signs, here massed in solid pages of text, with divisions and paragraphings suggesting that each symbol answered to some alphabetical letter. 
That's beautiful. Is that Dickinson? Um, so, how big is this book? And do I recognize any of the symbols? Since I was looking at the tombs downstairs, do any of the symbols in the book, are they repeated on the tombs downstairs? Um, yes, there are similarities. So, uh, can Buffy put that book in her in her pocket of one of her big pocket of her coat? The books are probably too big. Um, but you, going through the books, some of them are just rotten, and all you can read is titles. And then when you start to move them around, they just sort of crumble. Are they bigger than that big ass chalice? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, those are big books. Yeah, indeed. I guess so. Okay, but so what's salvageable from all of this list of books that you find is Prins, um, The Mysteries of the Worm, De Vermis Mysterious. That one looks like it's in decent shape still. You've got the, um, um, the one book written all in code. That's in the desk. Yes. Yeah. And now that's smaller. That's notebook size. That's the one I'm interested in because I'm I'm wondering if it's going to help me decipher the tomb stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. There's that one. There are also um, several books on archaeology. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You do see those, including two by a professor Enoch Bowen. I want those books. And then propped behind those. Is a smaller book About called physics. Hmm? Physics? No. Uh, written on the cult of it, uh, written on the cover of it is Starry Wisdom. Ooh. I'm wondering how many books I can actually carry and still have my gun. Starry Wisdom. That's important. It sure is. I say you grab it. I think we should. You hear a noise. I spin around. A distant rustling. I stuffed the book in my pocket. The girls all look around. But then you hear nothing. Um, maybe we should... Uh, Burn yeah. this place to the ground? Maybe we should go on out through the church and see if we see anything. You slowly move through the old nave. Floorboards creaking under your feet. Ready to jump at any shadow. And all you see are those two doors at the end of the room ajar that lead to the steeple. I'll take out my gun. I've got mine out. Do you head towards the steeple? Of course, we're still looking for the little box. We'll find out what happens next, right after this musical interlude.
Guns and flashlights clenched tight. The group moves to the nave, towards the two doors standing ajar that lead to the old steeple. You open those doors, and as you can see, wooden stairs that twist around the walls and climb and climb and climb. You suspect the steeple's 100 feet tall. And you remember that from when you were outside. We also remember that Robert Blake could see the steeple from his studio window. And they move up, right? Mm -hmm. And they get they go up uh, and enter into a room. This room fills the whole, yep, square steeple. Uh, and there are stairs that continue on past. This room, you suspect, is maybe 100 feet up. There are four small windows, one in each wall. They've been boarded up. Excuse me. They've been boarded up, but the light from outside still seeps through just tiny cracks. In the center of the room is a four-foot-high marble pedestal on which lies an oddly-shaped gold box. Arranged in a circle, Around the pedestal are seven high-backed wooden chairs. On the wall, one behind each chair, are seven images on crumbling plaster, stretching from floor to ceiling, and resembling the monoliths of Easter Island. In a pile of dust in the southeast corner lies a skeleton. The stairs don't continue up, a ladder against the wall in the far corner leads to, as you shine your light up the ladder, a trap door. I'm focused on the little box in the center. It's an oddly shaped box. So it's not square. It's too many sides for that. I think this is what we came here for, right here. Let's be careful. It might do something when we touch it. Ruth and Buffy are standing behind you, shining their lights. This is weird. Super weird. Thanks for coming, by the way. I love you, too. You think this is the thing we want? I think it is. Gertie, you want to check it out? I do. I'm a little bit worried about... Why is there a skeleton in the corner? Mm. I'll check the skeleton out. Give me a spot hidden roll. <clears throat> so there's old. I make it. There's an old mustering sort of trench coat. Um, and you look at the skeleton, you notice two things. In uh, it sort of pinned to its breast pocket is what looks like a reporter's pin, which is a precursor to media credentials. So you suspect this was a reporter from the century before, perhaps. You also see that the skeleton, parts of it, are dissolved. The skull is not whole. Parts of it have just been eaten away as if by acid. I'd like to search its trench coat. Going through the pockets? Yeah. All you find are pencil stubs here and there. If there was any ID or a reporter's notebook, 
it's long gone. There is a name on the pin, though. What's the name? Edwin M. Lillibridge. Uh, does anybody here know anybody named Lillibridge? Both of, you, both of you can make intelligence rolls. I fail. I, I'm get a critical um, extreme success. He was the reporter that wrote some of the um, papers beforehand, and that's his notebook. Oh. His name is in the interior of that small notebook that you found amongst Blake's things. That we still have. That you still have on wrote, you. That I that I wrote in the back of. Yeah. Okay, this is weird. This is the same guy. Very weird. Let's look out for something that spits acid. How did he... Hmm, I wonder why Blake had his journal. Hmm. That's bizarre. It is bizarre. How did Blake get it? I'm not really sure. I think we maybe should, we should just take... Now the skeleton's face, does it look angry or sad or... The skull, you mean? Yeah. Happy? That's just a skull. I want to go over and just... I want to get the, the box and leave. The box is... Uh, it's so... It's peculiar. Yellow metal. You notice the hinged lid. The box is decorated with unknown dot-formed hieroglyphics. Do they match the sarcophagus? Maybe. Maybe there's similarities there. You'd have to study that cipher that you found more. I'd kind of like us to make sure that this is what we want and get out of here. Whatever you think. But... I wonder what's up those, that ladder. Hmm. And you shine up, you shine your light up, and that trap door is open. So there's just a dark hole there in the ceiling. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> Vicky, I'll watch your back. Gertie, I'll watch your back. I think you should take the box. Okay. What if it's empty? Says Buffy. Then we go up. Are you gonna open it? it? Well, yeah. I have to, because if if it's empty, then we came all this way for nothing. Hold on. That creature. What creature? The creature of darkness. The worms? No, not the worms. The, the creature. The creature that this tetrahedron we're looking for. That creature dies in light, but it needs to be summoned. And if it's not already summoned, then there needs to be some sort of ritual that happens. There's seven chairs, seven paintings, facing this center area. I believe that this is some sort of ritual area. Maybe we shouldn't touch it. We might start something that we don't want to. Well, I don't want to do any sort of ritual. Um, Maybe we could fuck with the paintings or the chairs. You mean like... Is there a window in here? 
There's four small windows, one on each side of the wall. I'll take a chair and throw it out the window. Uh, chairs are too big to fit through the window, but you certainly can, and the windows are all, they, they have wooden slats on them, but you could certainly take a chair and smash it through a window, but the, the window's too small for the chairs. The That's chairs fine, I'll are smash a chair apart and throw it out the window. Okay, so this takes some time. That's fine. <laughs> so we're smashing chairs. And I'm, yeah. Vicky is not letting anyone else do anything until this is done. Vicky is very sure that this is the way to, get to do it. <laughs> Ruth says, I don't want to come back here, and I don't want to take an empty box. Well, then check the box. I say to Ruth, then check the box. I'm busy smashing chairs with Vicky because I want us to get out of here, so I'm helping her smash chairs. It's very cathartic. Maybe you should try it. I'm actually kind of having fun. Okay. Ruth goes over to the box. Are you watching her? Yes. And she opens the box. And both of you make spot hidden rolls. Hard success. Mine's a regular success. Okay. You're watching Ruth. Yes. So she opens this gold box and there's some sort of a, almost like a black light or something, it seems, shines up on her face. And she's standing there, staring down into the box. And you, Vicky, you don't, you don't know what you see, but all of a sudden, you just more feel a whoosh. And then the trap door in the ceiling slams. Close the box, Ruth. Ruth's not moving. I go over and slam the box shut. Okay, as you go over, make a power roll. I fail. Can you use luck? Yes. I don't want to use 25 points of luck. Fair enough. There's a strange glowing bauble sitting on a black cushion inside the gold box. It's a smallish gem-like stone, closely resembling a crystal. It's almost completely black, but it's shot through here and there with crimson striations. It has a curious illusion of shining with an inner light. The stone is a polyhedron with many irregular, fat, irregular flat surfaces, and it's Roughly four inches thick, you think, in diameter. I slammed the, the box shut. You can't. You're standing there, staring at it. And the more you stare into its inky depths, the deeper they appear to grow. So what you see, Vicky, is the two girls now standing there and Buffy's over there trying to break a chair and saying, what the hell's going on? I'll walk up behind them without looking in the box and put my hands over their eyes. Okay, um, make a power roll, but I'm gonna give you a bonus die because you're purposely not trying to look at the box. I'll use 10 points of luck to make it. Okay, so you have a hand over both of their eyes. Yeah. And then what? Your eyes are closed. Yeah. You've put your hands over their eyes. Yeah. 
That does that break the spell? Um, yes, I think it breaks the spell. So you two are not looking at it. But you did quickly when you were looking at it, Gertie. You straw saw a strange vista. It's almost like you were looking into a black hole and that black hole got deeper and deeper with all these different colors and shades of purple and amber swirling around and then they parted into this quick vision. What did I see in the vision? The ruins of a great monolithic city overgrown with jungle. White hairy people who are not quite human and not quite gorillas are running from something, chasing them. Something taller than they are. Something with a large, a large creature with oily skin, spindly limbs, and a single orb-like eye. I'm drooling a little bit. Shut the box, Ruth. You lose a point of sanity. And you gain a point of Cthulhu Mythos. But that means that I'm only at a one. One. At one. Oh, it's your very first time? You gain five points. Okay. <clears throat> As you realize that there are worlds beyond the world that you know. You're telling who to close the box? Ruth. Was Ruth, Ruth is the one that's standing there. Okay, so she's fumbling around, blindly trying to close the box. What do you mean she's fumbling around? You're, it's open in her hand, can't no, she? No, 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 it was on the pedestal. No, she never picked it up. She oh. just opened it while it was still on the pedestal. Oh, okay. Isn't so, my hand still on it and you said I couldn't close it? No, 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 you never even touched it. You just got over near it oh. and, were, and, and succumbed to the visions within. Okay. Okay, Ruth is reaching out. And now you can't see this either because your eyes are closed. So Ruth is reaching out to feel the box and close it. And does. Okay. Good. It's closed. It snaps closed. I think I got it. I think I got it. I'll open one eye and then the other. Yeah, she's got it. Okay. Is it colder in here? Is it possible that it's even colder in here? It's the end of February. You were cold to start with. Seems like there's a chill. Let's get out of here. Bobby says, I'm with you. Okay, let's go. <clears throat> Bye, guys. I mean, come with us, guys. I was going to say, grab the box. Grab the box and go. And let's go. Yeah. Down, down the stairs. Okay. You grab the box, run down the stairs, run through the nave, down and then out through the window. Yeah, that's the only way we know how to get out. And all the way out. And then you're back in the alleyway, right? Yes. And you're leaving the alley and you're going to find your way back? Yes. That's the goal. <clears throat> There's a silhouette of a man standing in the street. I shoot him. <laughs> yeah. I fail. Okay, the man throws himself to the ground. Jesus Christ, says a familiar voice. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Glad you missed him. It's it's Kevl. No. Who is it? Professor Engels. Professor, oh. you found us. You left me a note. You you told me to come. I spent all night looking. Is that the church? That's the church we got the tetrahedron. Let's go. Where's the tetrahedron? Ruth don't, has it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it, man. Don't open it up and don't look at it. Ruth, do you have it? Is it secure? 
And then Ruth's big brown eyes and, you know, all... Pale. Pale. Perhaps, Ruth, perhaps, Ruth, you'd better give it to me. Hold on to it, Ruth. And Professor Engels looks at you. Sorry, Professor Engels. I just think that since we've already touched it and experienced it, we don't want you to go through that same thing. Yeah, bro, it fucks you up. Bro. I don't know who, who you've been spending time around. I still have my gun out. I have my girls too smoking. Barrel. I don't know where you got guns, but please put those away. No. No, there's a shadow monster in this town. I'm going to keep my gun out. Thank you. We're not going to walk through Providence with guns out. There is law here. Okay, I'll put it in my coat. I'm not putting this gun away, sir. Uh, could we get back into some civilization? Last I checked, you were not a professor in the streets of Rhode Island. I am a professor everywhere I go. I have can academic we, credentials. Oh, can, let's can not, we, let's not us argue. And I'm a bird. All right, now let's, no, no, no. Uh, um... I think we should get back to Miss Jenkins is right. Let's let's go, and we'll, uh, maybe perhaps we'll be able to hire a car. Uh, who has the worst luck? Me. Okay. Um, I want you to make a luck roll, but I want something else to happen first. So you're all leaving the scene, right? You're leaving the alley, and I'd like both of you two to make a spot hidden roll. That doesn't sound good. I fail. I made it. Okay. You're the last one out of the alley. Um, everybody else is walking before you. And you see a shot of white against the dark cobblestones. And as you look, it's a letter. A fold a le- or a piece of paper, folded in thirds, and it's just on the ground. I, I bend down and pick it up and take a quick look at it. It's too dark to read. It's a letter. I shove it in my pocket. Okay. You get back to more uh, well-traveled streets. And, uh, Thank goodness. Vicky, you have the worst luck, so I'd like you to make a luck roll to see if it's possible to hire a car to take you back to the Biltmore. It is. Okay. So the five of you get into a car. Um, is it the same driver? Uh, did you have a hard... Was no. the luck... No, it's not. It's a different driver. Um, you drive back to the Biltmore. Uh, and you notice, the two of you, that somewhere along the walk, Ruth has been convinced to give the oddly shaped box to Professor Engels. Okay. Because, just... because as you're in the car, you notice that it's on his lap. Just keep my eye on him, then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are we sitting in the car on the way back? Uh, two have to be, so there's five of you, so two have to be up front with the driver, and then three have to be in the back. And, and I don't really care. I think the Professor Jenkins, just because he's a guy and guys are kind of jerks, would get into the front. And is there any kind of light in the car? Can I read the letter as we're going back to the Biltmore? Um, you think not. There's no interior light. But you also uh, don't know if that if you could do that clandestinely enough, if that was your desire. Right. It, it was. Okay. Um, so you get to the Biltmore. It's late at night, right? But there's always someone at the front desk. Oh, yes. And there are people there. I mean, it's the Biltmore and it's posh. So there are other people coming and going. And there's this the coffee and sandwich bar that's off to the side that you and I have had a refreshment or two in. Ooh, la, la. 
And um, Engel says, so it's Saturday, or is it Friday? Friday. It's Friday. All right, so we have the day. Well, it's Friday night. It's Friday night. But we we have tonight and tomorrow night. So we could actually stay here another day. We could go sightseeing. Why don't we um why don't we go to bed and we'll reconvene for breakfast in the morning? Professor Engel, do you plan to do anything with the crystal? Absolutely not. I'm going to call Professor Galloway once I'm in my room. Uh, let him know that we've succeeded. And then I think I probably will go to bed. Very well. Okay. Okay. You get in the elevator. Right up. 16th floor. 16th floor. Good night, ladies. Good night. Good night, Professor. Sorry I shot at you. <laughs> Glad you missed. <laughs> okay. You're in your room. I pull out the letter immediately to read it. There's a distant rumbling of thunder. It's February. Why is it thundering? Weird. Can I read the letter? Absolutely. And while I find the prop letter and hand it over to Casey, a.k.a. Gertie. our beloved Church of Starry Wisdom. I have always had the utmost confidence in you and your abilities, both academic and investigative. I hope your visit to Enoch Bowen's original establishment proves fruitful. I need not remind you how important Bowen's device is to our grand design, for it is imperative that the messenger be brought to the resting place of the master in pillared Irem. If we are in luck, a copy of the great tome is still in place in the church. Otherwise, we will be forced to acquire the copy of Alhazred's text from De Winter's library. It would be easier to get Armitage's copy, and I suggest that you continue to ply your charismatic ways with the foolish old librarian. Hail, Yog sothoth J.S. I read this and I share it with Vicky and I say, we have to go back and get that box away from him somehow. Let's go to his room right now. Wait, wait. Maybe we should have the front desk call him down to the front desk for an emergency and we get into his room somehow. Where's that, where's that uh, maid's cart? Or we could just knock on his door, say, housekeeping, see if he opens up. And shoot him. Yeah. Let's do it. We probably, okay, wait, hold on. As much as I'm a fan of guns... Might not be a good thing to do in the Biltmore. In the Biltmore, probably not a great idea. 
Well, we could strangle him to death. We could rush him. Yeah, strangle him to death. The thunder's growing louder. Let's go right now. Okay, let's all four of us just hogpile him. The lights flash and go out. Oh, crap. There's a crash of thunder. Quietly exit the room. And you, you, I mean, it takes you a while to see anything. And then the lights flicker back on. Let's knock on his door. Okay. You go, uh, you go across the hallway. Housekeeping. There's no answer. Room service. All four girls are there. Pizza. Is the door unlocked? Is the door open? You rattle the handle and it is locked. Coca-Cola. I shoot the handle. <laughs> you take out your gun and shoot the lock? No, we shouldn't. <laughs> How are we getting out of this, into this room? I think we... I'll I'll uh, I'll get in the elevator. I'll go down to the front desk, and I'll say that I think that there's an emergency, and that. Um, okay. Yeah. Hurry. Okay. I think we need to get in there quick. So I go do that. Thunder crashes. You walk down the hallway to the elevator, push the button, and they slowly come up. Well, I'm going to get in it. I think they're going to wait outside the room. Someone should go with you. Then I'll take Ruth. Okay. Buffy will stay with you. You guys can smoke a cigarette. Sweet Jesus, I smoke a pack! Yeah, light me up, Buffy. Please. So, is it still thundering? Yes. Is there lightning outside? Yes. You know, Ruth, I know it's it's a lot of stairs, but I'm afraid to be in the elevator during lightning storms. I'm going, let's go down the stairs. It's easier to go down the stairs than up. And Ruth says, and let's bring a flashlight. And I say, that's a great idea. So we go down the stairs. Okay, you two go down the stairs and you two are in the hallway? Yes. We're going down as fast as we can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Go ahead and make listen rolls in the hallway. I fell. All right, okay. Um, you are smoking, I think. I think there's a, in the end of the hallway, there's a window and Buffy slides the window open, which lets this cold air come sort of blasting in, but she doesn't want to just smoke in the hallway. Although I, I don't know why she wouldn't. It's 1922. It hasn't stopped her in the past. <laughs> I think I've seen her smoke during class. That was the cat. Um, it's a Breakfast Nook production. Breakfast Nook production. Full of animals. Um, you're downstairs at the front desk. There are other people there. And people are commenting about uh, this weird storm and how there was a weird storm like this last week uh, and knocked the power out. The city was um, blanketed with darkness for over an hour. I'm going to say... Absolute darkness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rush up to the desk and say, there's been an emergency. It's I'm- Maurice, the concierge. And I said, there's been an emergency. Can you please have... Is there a doctor or a security guard that can help us out? We heard the house detective. We heard it. We heard a scream from our professor's room, and he's not answering. I'm afraid that something's happened to him. Perhaps a a heart attack. 
There's too many emergencies going on. The house detective is occupied. Well, someone's got to come upstairs with us and let us into that room. Please at least give us a third. Yes, I was going to say, well, if you can't if you can't send the house detective, can you at least send one of the, the bellhops with a key? Go ahead and make a fast talk roll. Ooh, I make it. It's a hard success. I will come with you, says Maurice. Okay. Well, thank you so much. What room is he in? 1642. Oh, God, that's an accent. mumbling numbers in French that I don't know. Quatre. Quatre cinq. Rendez-vous. Honda Civic. Honda Civic. Honda Accord. Come, we must run to the elevator. Back it. Um, will the elevators go up even if the power goes off? No, we would be trapped. Uh, let's go up the stairs, please, sir. Meanwhile, on the 16th floor, you're smoking and leaning against the door. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are, because no, you not. hear something. Okay. It sounds like it's coming through the do- door. <laughs> it's like a mumbling. I'll punch the door. To kick it open? No. I mean, I don't. I can't kick a goddamn door open. I'll punch it as hard as I can, though. You're ready to kick a goddamn brown football player. Okay. Well, yeah, it's fucking brown. Fuck you, brown. Okay, so you punch it. You punch it, and, and, and Bubby says, What are you doing? I'm trying to shut him up. What? You think that's Professor Angles? No, I think it's the maid. <laughs> What's the maid doing in there? Buffy. But yes, I think it's Professor Angles. Oh no, I wonder what's happened to him. I think... Did you listen? Have you been listening? Vicky read us... Gertie read us the letter. What do you think's happening? I think he's trying to summon the demon. The demon. Matt Damon. He's trying to summon Matt Damon. That's Boston, not Providence. Okay, you three come. You uh, and Ruthie and Maurice have reached the 16th floor. Huffin and puffin. And you're running down the hallway. I shove my gun into my pocket so Maurice doesn't. I'm here. Have the key. Quick, quick, quick. Open the door. Okay, rattling it, rattling it. A huge crash of thunder. And he opens the door. And these are big hotel doors. And he throws it wide. You're all in the doorway looking in a lightning stabs through the sky outside and illuminates the room inside where you see professor Engels on his knees on the carpeted floor before the strangely shaped box lid open his face bathed in this almost non-glow blue light glow oh and then there's a huge crash as the city loses power. Except for this little glowy, dark light. And that's where we leave you, gentle listeners. We will return in a week to find out what the girls do in The Crystal of Chaos.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Reckoning of the Dead Radio and our special edition of The House of Ryan Plays the House of Rillier. Call of Cthulhu is a trademark of Chaosium Inc. and is used with permission under Chaosium's fan materials policy. The Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and The House of Rillia are both property of Chaosium Incorporated. For more information about Chaosium's products, please visit www.chaosium.com. We'd like to say a very special thank you to today's guest reader, David Larkins, and his wonderful rendition of J.S.'s note to Professor Engels. David is the line editor for Chaosium's King Arthur Pendragon game, as well as the author of Berlin, the Wicked City, an excellent supplement for your Call of Cthulhu pleasure. This episode of The Ryans and Rillier was recorded in the Reckoning of the Dead studio, located in Ithaca, New York. We are the Ryans, Matt, KC, and Eve. A lot of people's efforts go into making The Ryans and Rillier, including Jimmy McKee and Noah Lloyd. If you like this episode, please let us know at reckonthedead.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and you'll hear from us in a week. This has been a Breakfast Nook production.